0: I'm the Ish Girl, and you're listening to episode 109 of In the Middle of It, the podcast where parents and teachers can find ideas, strategies, and resources for connecting with teens. Hey there, I'm Amy, also known as the Ish Girl, and I am so glad that you guys are with me today. Thank you so much for the privilege of sharing your time as you do whatever it is that you do when you listen to podcasts, whether it's walking or working out, or if you're like me getting ready in the morning, I just love listening to my podcast favorites as I start my day. Anyway, today's episode is part two of an interview that I did with two of my very, very favorite people who have each had a tremendous impact on who I am. And that would be my two siblings. Amanda Spell and Aaron Webb. Now, if you caught the last episode, um, which was episode number 108, you know that in this particular discussion, we're talking about the grownups that we remember, and specifically about the teachers who impacted us positively growing up. How they impacted us, how their impact played out in our lives how we're still experiencing that impact now and why they're the grown-ups we remember. Last week, Amanda and I shared the teachers who most resonated with us and why they resonated. This week, we're going to be talking about Aaron's favorites among other things. There are definitely some other um, things about growing up and being a teen in a small town that we talk about and kind of reminisce about. So this week we're talking about Aaron's favorite teachers. And if you didn't catch that last episode, I want to tell you a little bit about my incredible siblings. Um, My sister, Amanda Spell is a small business owner. She owns a catering company called Amanda Joyce Catering, and she is also a health coach um, with AM Health Coaching, which is her private coaching business. And she has been on a health journey over this past year that has been so fun to watch as she grows and emerges and just steps more into who she is. She has lost 114 pounds since January of this year and she has a new lease on life. She is married to my brother-in-law Mike and they've been married for 20 years and they have two high schoolers, Jacob and Sydney and She also wanted, as I said last week, to let everybody know that she is the middle child. And you'll hear us talking about that a little bit. I can't remember if it was last week or this week, but we really do talk about how she's kind of a bridge between us and and how that's just kind of ended up in some ways being her role in life as well is, is she's just this great connector and is connected with many, many people. So anyway, all right, moving on to my brother. Aaron Webb, he is a husband, a stepdad, a brother, and a son. He is a senior chief in the Navy Reserves with 16 years of service and five deployments to the Middle East. He is also very much a creative and an artist who has found his voice through painting. And again, like last week, I'm just going to throw in here. What he means by that is that he is literally taking his experiences during wartime in the Middle East and processing those through painting. And the work that he is producing is moving and just incredible. Now, currently um, his works of art are showing in multiple galleries and private collections throughout the United States and Europe. Okay. So now that you know a little bit about them, I am going to go ahead and jump in. Well, the other thing that I, I wanted to say here though, what you said about your English teacher, Mrs. Tanner, letting you know it was okay for you to be a leader and to have a voice and that that was your gifting I love that. I don't feel like mm-hmm. I got that message until much later in life, yeah. just because of the kind of um, religious church background that we had, and and so I love that you had that so early on. I did. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No. She was. She was awesome. Yeah. And are we
2: allowed to kind of add? It's bound upon that, and and say like, absolutely. The reason that it's because of it, women were not supposed to be leaders, and we're not supposed mm-hmm. to speak, and we're not supposed to. Yeah where they are, you know, in that position, right?
0: Mm -hmm. Of leadership. In that, in that context and version of things back in the early 90s. Back Um, in the day. Back in the day. day. Yeah, so how about you, Aaron? Who were those teachers for you?
2: Man, I don't know. This is a really tough one for me because I hated school so much. Um,
0: (laughs) Talk about that. Why did you hate it so much?
2: uh, I was, I was bored most of the time. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And what y'all are both leaving out is, You were the valedictorian. You were the salutatorian.
1: No, I wasn't.
2: I thought you were. I thought you were I was
1: fourth. I was fourth in my class. But if I'd been in the grade above me, I would have been valedictorian of that class. (laughs) I just had crazy smart people. It was Shara, Uh Allen, and then Robin Robin Bowers was salutatorian. And then Carice was number three and I was number four. But we were all, I mean, like my GPA, I mean, I literally would have been the valedictorian of the grade above me.
0: Well, and I'm sure you guys were like, you know.
1: Yeah, really close.
0: Really, really close. Yeah. As as
2: point. yeah. So I, I was really close too.
0: But here's <laughs> to, here's the thing, like I'm not poo-pooing it at all, like not at all. And Philip always gives me a hard time about it when we're out and about with people, but it was a class of 30. Like that's, I mean, that's about all you can say. Like it wasn't. Just own it own it. Okay, I own it, but it's just, I just don't consider it, like it's not, if I look back on my life and I think what is my crowning achievement? Right. That's not even on the top ten.
2: Yeah, and I don't raise it because of that. I just raise it because of, like, talk about like, you're one of the web kids. Like, I had the valedictorian and like, the mayor to to follow. (laughs) Okay,
1: explain that. (laughs) Explain that.
2: Explain that.
1: Thanks. Uh, Nobody's ever called me mayor before. Thank you.
2: (laughs) Well, you were like, you were like on a first name, like had a good friendship, like mentorship with the mayor of Beaumont.
1: That's true. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <You> no, <know, like, laughs> let's be yeah, real. i am had a feeling everybody like loves you, you organize everything, you mm-hmm. were like the person to make stuff happen. And so
1: yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. It's not a, I don't say that in a, a derogatory way. No, at all. I know, but no. it
1: definitely had an impact on you and on your experience for sure. Yeah, Yeah. But, you
0: but yeah. I, I do have to say there's kind of a sorry, not sorry part to that, <laughs> you know, because I do feel like, too, I feel like mom and dad expected A lot and not in a bad way. Like, I think it really has driven me in a lot of ways that they expected a lot from us and not only expected it, but because of the expectation, it was just kind of given. There was no question that we had the ability, right?
2: Yeah. And in all in different ways.
0: Yeah. I feel like I
2: pushed Amanda in that way. For me, it was all sports. Yeah. Right. And or leadership in the church like, go lead that youth group function, and, like, you know what I mean? Like,
0: did you ever do that? Tell me about that.
2: Um, I don't know. It's just, we were just kind of, like, the strong personalities that kind of drove a lot of the, between, like, Riley and and Jeff.
0: Oh, that's right, because, so our parents moved to a different church after I graduated, so I forget. You guys had a whole different high school experience. Whole different
2: experience, especially from, like, a youth group perspective and all that stuff, but, yeah, but, yeah, like, going back to your question, Like for me, Mrs. Mrs. King, of course. But I don't know if that's just because she played vinyl, and like I love vinyl now, and like I love music. But she used to play that dinosaur song from the dinosaur album. Do you remember that, Amanda? Because I was talking to Amy about it, and she was kind of like, "What?" But
1: I do remember that.
2: No, I'm a funny looking. What what
1: was that? What was that?
2: Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) I found it on YouTube the other day, but I can't find. I want the vinyl. I want to. I want that record. But she played that every day at nap time. But <clears throat> just because she was cool and she, like, opened things up and just kind of explored just science and just, like, had a passion. We read so much and everything. Um, you know, she excused, you know, the the glue eating and the um, <laughs> crayon chewing and stuff like that, so she was really forgiving. <laughs> but I think Miss Mor- Morgan, too. Yeah. Um, sure, Most because I've always, always gravitated to art, and even though that wasn't always necessarily, like, the cool thing, right and and I, we've kind of talked about that but like if you're an artist you were gay right yeah. because think of this in the in the 90s in the 80s and the 90s it was well, a small texas
0: of town too small
2: texas town the height of aids and aids was being spread by artists and that's how i mean it was just not that that's the reality of it but like that's how the it was perception. kind of perceived in that small texas town and uh <clears throat> so i always gravitated towards that and towards her because she was just crazy and kooky in like the best of ways like i've never known anybody who loves san diego or talked about like the san diego padres or like steve garvey who played for the padres like what our teacher is like huh? you know like i remember she let me bring music people could bring in music uh, and she would play a cassette and you had left a was it a sting
0: are you saying you me or are you me and amy okay
2: it was like a sting album or like um
0: The Blue Turtles
2: one or something? The Blue Turtles, yeah, Mm -hmm. it was the cassette. And like she would play that music all the time and she would like cut a hole in the bottom of like a jewelry box and like put her finger through it and be like, look, I found this finger, you know? Like she would just do stupid stuff like that all the time. Teach you how to create a scar to freak your parents out with like, yeah.
0: But you know what I remember about her? Because you know, Noel, her youngest was my age. Let's say we went to school for some of the time. And what I remember about Mrs. Morgan is that she was so different from all of the other adults. She just mm-hmm. had, she was very different and quirky and on her own. But I, I loved that about her because mm-hmm. it, she didn't march to anyone else's drum. She did her own thing. She made beautiful stuff and she was just her. And I feel like everyone else, us included, it was all about people pleasing and and what other people thought. And she was, she
1: was, she was like one of the only adults who didn't seem to give a crap about that. You know, I mean, just she just didn't care. She didn't care what other people thought, and she did her own thing. And yeah, and it was it was attractional because yeah, because she was just herself. She was just her, and it drew you into her. Yeah.
2: And I think also at the, like back to the earlier statement of like growing up with the same people and the same thing and like unable to be yourself, like that spoke to the, like the true me that I didn't know was the true me.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And so it was that relational, the ability to kind of relate to like, wait, that that's how I feel, who I am, that I think kind of called out. Because everything else I was kind of like, whatever, I was going to find it. Mom and dad gave me report cards from high school from like my senior year. Um, You should probably read these, you know, and it was all about, like, Aaron's attitude, Aaron's attitude, Aaron's attitude, but, but I also feel like teaching has definitely evolved as well, because the teachers I had in high school were about, like, just force-feeding you information without Mm -hmm. providing context, without providing the reality of what you're understanding, like, what they're trying to convey, and I say that, like, when I think of, like, the Dead Poet Society, or, or, because I gravitate, like, both of y'all, to literature, to, you know, kind of that, that creative aspect of education, and, and even history, right, because you're French in history.
0: Right? Yeah, that, those are my degrees at Annam yeah.
2: And, and <clears throat> history was never taught about, like, the realities of the stories of the people that were living through that time. It was just like, remember this date, remember this is the key event, You know, it was, I did never had anybody who had that ability to connect the dots and create, you know, that romantic aspect of it, if you will.
0: So I'm going to jump in here. And again, with the incestuous family. So Coach Sims, who was the son-in-law of Mrs. Rayo, he was that history teacher. He was, he was a great coach, but he had a passion and a love for American history. And he was the, um, he was the one who took, I think there was a group of like ninth and 10th graders where we went to Vicksburg for a field trip. Like we drove through Louisiana and stopped at like an old plantation and then went to the battlefields. And I remember that to me is probably, I love story anyway. And so it was a a natural fit. But I feel like he's the one who really started pulling that out and showing the story of history. So I feel very fortunate. Was he still there, Aaron? No, he wasn't. No, he had gone
2: out to... uh... Hampshire Fennett.
0: Yeah. I didn't have him either. Yeah. That's so interesting. Yeah. Cause he was my volleyball coach and, and at least my freshman year history teacher. I can't remember after that. I think I had other people after that. Yeah. I also know we definitely, because we were a very small school in a small town, I can't tell you the number of years that I had multiple first year teachers, which was an mm-hmm. interesting experience. I don't know if you guys had that as well but there were lots of teachers who cut their teeth <laughs> on,
1: us, yeah. on us yeah yeah I think so too I mean I think I think I'd, I had quite a few as well more probably in middle school and high school than in elementary sure but sure. yeah
0: the other teacher that I really remember because she was so tough and I didn't appreciate her when we had her was Miss our seas. and I want to mm. say it was like her first her first or second year of teaching and she was an English teacher as well. She definitely had a more like logical mind. And so we were like diagramming sentences and she totally took the stuff that I loved and turned it into math, basically. And I did not appreciate it at the time, but now I feel like I'm really good.
2: But if person. you're listening. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, but if you're listening, Miss Narcisse, which she could be, she goes to church with mom and dad or she didn't. Yeah, but,
2: but that's the thing, like there was no escaping because it's just like, yeah teacher at church on Wednesday night after you just live
0: or or my favorite and I have talked about it on the podcast before I'm not going to name any names but my one of my math teachers in high school um you know, you were talking about your attitude on your report card. I would say this is probably one of the only teachers I had attitude with because I couldn't understand the way she taught and neither could anybody else in the rest of the class. And I was the only one who would say, "Now hold up, stop. Like, can you, can you please go back and explain that? I'm sure it wasn't quite as nice as the tone I just used. And instead of getting me in trouble, instead of like talking to me and saying, you need to shape up in my class. One of her kids was one of mom's students in preschool and before she ever said anything to me, she talked to mom. Like when
2: she went to pick up her kid, she would yes! talk to mom. <laughs> like what?
0: <laughs> yeah. So the accountability there was crazy. I think so yeah. uh, for sure. Yeah.
2: I remember, like Miss Tanner was awesome. She was hilarious, and she also, she just didn't give it. Like she kind of just did her own thing as well. Mm-hmm. I think, like at least that's my my recollection of her. But I also had another teacher named Miss Mullinax. And she reeked of cigarettes and coffee every single day. Yes, Um, but she was like the nicest, like lady who would like do anything for you. But like I just vividly remember that, and it and the reason why it stuck out is because you didn't drink, you didn't smoke. Those were just big
0: moral failures.
2: It it was, and so for a, a high school kid to be like, wait, wait, you what? You smoke? Are you like going behind the school and smoking? Like. It was like this window into this world that was just yeah. out, like,
0: outside our bubble. Yeah,
2: it was. And it's, it was just like so abnormal, even though like half the people in the whole entire class. But but it was just very different, though, that she didn't really try to hide it because you can't really hide it. But I don't know. Just her her willingness. Again, that same theme of people who wanted to do their own thing and didn't care what anybody else thought. <laughs> Those seem to be the ones that resonate with me. And I might have followed in their footsteps.
1: Uh, <laughs> Yeah. Well, let's talk about that. Go ahead, Amanda. I was just going to say, I I do think that that's a theme kind of for all of us. I mean, all the people that we've mentioned is, you know, they're, they're the teachers who were just towing the line, checking off the boxes, you know, doing what the administration, you know, was requiring of them. Those are not necessarily the people that we're, that we remember, or that made a big impression, or had influence on us. It was those that, you know, beat to their own drum and and interacted with us in a different way because of that, and that that really had influence on us.
0: Yeah, and I'd have to throw in um, Madame Gaston, my yes, yeah, French I was Spanish country. teacher. Yeah, she's definitely on that list too, mm. and. She marched to her own drum in ways like she would have us to her house for parties. Like we would play cards and hang out and watch movies, and but she still was able to maintain that line of she's the teacher, we're the students. So that was who was that, Mrs. Gaston, Madam Gaston. Uh, That's the other thing. I I feel like all three of us have gone on to do really creative things. So Amanda, talk a little bit about what you do and do you tie it at all back to teachers, whether, whether ones in, in growing up, you know, going to the school that we all went to or in college or?
1: I don't know. Um, So I own a catering business and have been doing that for about 10 years. And I don't know, I, it's so different than anything that I trained to do or went to college for or anything. And just kind of uh, feel like it just kind of happened out of necessity at a time in our lives when we needed to be creative and make some money in a different way and you know I've always loved to cook and so I I don't know I don't necessarily because it's not really anything I did. I would say what I see in
0: it is all of the leadership that you had and the people skills that you very clearly had because I know we just kind of joked about the mayor thing, but that was a big deal. You were on like the students committee yeah. to advise the mayor or something like that,
1: right? Yeah. Ma- mayor's mayor's Youth Commission is what it's called. And you were like the president of the Mayor's Youth <laughs> <I wasn't. Committee>. <laughs> <laughs> Were you? No, I don't complaint. think it was just
2: the mayor's favorite.
1: Whatever. I was, I was mayor lords. I was one of her favorites. So, so I would say um, that has a direct
0: yeah. link to what you're doing right yeah. now. Because
1: that's not all.
0: And I talked about this in the introduction, but yeah. you have this year has been an incredible year for you yeah. personally. Tell us what you've done.
1: Okay. So um, I also (laughs) last year in January, 2020 um, started a health journey and I've uh, as of today lost 114 pounds um, this year. So even though 2020 has been a crazy, sometimes bad year for lots of people, it's been a really great year for me and just my, my journey has been really good and just the, the transformation and. The ways that that's uh, affected life, and so I'm also I'm coaching now in that plan, in the plan that I do, and so anyway, we've, I've got about 20 clients, 25 clients, and um, so that is a growing business for Mike and I, for my husband and I as well. So that's kind of what we've done. But yeah, I, and I think too, I'm kind of going back to the how and what I what I'm doing now is it connected? You know, I think just the connections that I have with people, and just the ability to to make connection with all kinds of people. I mean, I think that that did start and was fostered, you know, quite a bit in high school and, and also in college. And so, because that's had major influence on my catering business, but now also my co- my health coaching business as well. Yeah. Just being able to to relate to different, all kinds of different people and, and yeah, and be in charge, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> For I guess sure. that's Paul, my, is that, is that, would you say that that's my life dream, Aaron, was to be in charge of everything?
0: No,
2: not at all. I think that you were raised to think that it was, but I don't think that that's Mm. true.
0: Yeah, profound. Thank you for saying that. Yeah, thank you. I take that. I
2: received that. You're talking right, and and you're mentioning that what you're doing has nothing to do with you studied in school and blah blah blah. But like, I mean, you were a a Bible education.
1: My major is education.
2: I thought you had it in Bible as well. I Mm -hmm. thought it was
1: elementary education. I may have a I may have a minor in Bible.
2: I think that weird
1: that I, so oh, I might the, have one. That <laughs> I don't remember.
2: No, you definitely do because I remember like the Webb brothers talking about how.
1: Oh, of course. Oh, yeah.
2: How it was that you had this Bible education.
1: And yeah. Bible. And just to clarify, the
0: Webb brothers are our dad's five older brothers, part yeah. of our family. So.
2: But I'm also thinking, too, like, a lot of this is just genetic. I mean, good grief. Can you imagine? And it it kind of relates, right? Because I imagine, I remember being at the grocery store. With dad. Yeah. And you couldn't go up and down a single aisle without him knowing somebody. Mm-hmm. And, and talking and we'd be like oh my gosh come on <laughs> but then uh, amy have you ever gone grocery shopping with amanda
0: um yes i have aaron why yes i have yes it's a very similar feeling not I only did. that but also like traveling across the country with different people and whether it's dad or amanda and you always know somebody you always yeah. know somebody like I, I can do. remember. Do y'all remember when we were in Colorado and we were like in the middle of nowhere and at some cliff dwellings or something, and mom and dad knew somebody there yep okay. i went right. to a conference as an adult and one of the speakers was like oh you're from Beaumont I I know somebody from Beaumont he did pictures of my wedding and I'm like are you even
1: kidding me yeah I um, didn't okay. I did inherit that
2: yeah. yeah but also on the creativity as well right because when you look oh, yeah. at you look back at I mean grandmother Webb and all of her paintings that yeah. she did and mm-hmm. Edgar yeah. and his painting and his all the art and, and his acting and I think it's just, it's a theme as well.
1: Yeah. So Aaron, Aaron, talk about what you're doing now. Yeah, you talk about that too, because again, very creative stuff.
2: What am I doing? Um, trying to figure out what to do with my life. Uh, well, <laughs> no, and, but it's, it. but yeah. it's true though, right? It's true because it's at the precipice of like, I, I think it, it all goes back to our upbringing of always been an artist. And I finally tapped into that through all the experiences and kind of like all the, like just through life experiences or whatever, and I'm now painting, which is a hard thing to even say, it's like, yeah, I'm an artist. You are an artist. But it's a challenging thing to say though. But yeah, so I'm an artist now, a painter, um, abstract, intuitive painter, who got into it through kind of my own therapeutic (laughs) approach to dealing with all of life experiences, um, through all of my military um, deployments and yeah so now just like Amanda with like it's been a crazy year of like rather tumultuous and yeah it's I mean it's it's all about kind of like duality as well <laughs> because it's it's been super challenging on one side but then on the other side you know I've grown and expanded and, and you know I had shows in New York I just hung on two new shows local in the San Francisco Bay Area, picked up by a gallery, so, so yeah, trying to figure out and wanting to go down that path, but I think also being raised by self-employed artists definitely creates hesitancy and <laughs> willing to, like, in the willingness to go down that path, which is where we get pulled in different directions, right, because of how we were, the expectations put in on us of who we we're supposed to be and, and how we're supposed to be versus who we are. Who we are.
0: Yeah.
2: Right, and so, yeah. Oh.
0: And I would chime in on that entrepreneurial thing. I, I think it wasn't even so much being a creative entrepreneur because our, our dad is a photographer. But it's also just having your own business because Philip and I—I I mean, that was—I pra- know we've I, you guys know this. Like it was practically written into our vows that neither one of us would ever have our own business, ever, 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 ever. ever. And I'm sure God was laughing, you know, because Philip started his own business. I guess it's been almost six years ago now, and like you guys, this is the first year that I've been out on my own with my business and trying to work that and grow that. So yeah, I'm right there with both of y'all too. And I think that's why I find this so interesting. And I wanted to have you guys on because, you know, clearly we've all been impacted by our teachers, but I just think the trajectory that we are all on, which is, it's all three very different paths, but they're kind of the same too, because they're so creative and they're so much putting yourself out there in really vulnerable ways, being vulnerable. And um, Amanda, you talked a lot about transformation and and I really appreciate that you shared earlier the whole counseling journey that you're on right now that I think I've that's a continual journey. You know, I dip in and out of that every, every once in a while too. So super proud, of both of you. So super proud of both of you. I'm excited for the things that are ahead of all three of us.
1: Well, I'm so proud of you too and the work you're doing. For teachers and parents of teens, and um, it's a, that middle school niche is, there's super not a fun. whole lot, it is super fun, but there's not a whole lot out there for, for that, and so proud of you for what you're doing. Thank you. For those people. Thank
0: you. Thank you guys so much for being on. I really appreciate it.
1: Thanks for having us, Amy.
0: Oh my gosh, I loved this. This is super fun. I wish we could just do this, the three of us like once a week. Thank you again for your time, Amanda and Aaron. And as I've prepped these two episodes, something that I keep going back to is that all three of us felt like there was a tension inside us between the expectations that were put on us of who we were supposed to be and how we were supposed to be versus who we actually are. And I have to say that I think that that is a universal feeling For most teens, I think if you dig back into your own past as teachers, as parents, you too will remember a time where those really conflicted. The pressures that were being put on you and the expectations that were being put on you from the outside did not match up with who you were on the inside. And so I think it's that universal feeling, that tug of war that happens as we discover who we are and who our true selves are as we were emerging from being kids into being adults and that cross over time. And I think for us, the teachers who acknowledged that true self in each of us really ended up being the ones who we remembered and appreciated. And the ones we identify as making a huge impact on who we were. So there are some other takeaways that I'd like to call out, especially if you are a teacher working with teens. So here are seven things to remember when you are teaching teens or working with teens in any way. First, what we say to teens and how we say it matters. It really does matter. Second, we can help the teens in our life find their voices. And we do that by acknowledging that we see them and that we see who they are. Third, being yourself can blaze the trail for your teens to do the same thing. Showing up as yourself unapologetically is so powerful. Also providing context for what we're teaching them for our content is very powerful. Also, your passion can open the world for your teens. So the things that you get excited about and interested in, that is going to translate to your students. Also, when you are a beginner or when you're doing something new, your students know it. They do. They're very smart. Kids are so much smarter than we give them credit for. And so if you are new, my advice and my encouragement to you would be to own it. Just own it and work with them and ask for their feedback and really just show up authentically and don't try to pretend that you're something that you're not. Kids are going to really respect you if you're showing up in a way that is authentic and vulnerable and yet still walking the fine line of holding that place of authority as you're still their teacher, that you are working to become the best version of a teacher as you can possibly be kids are going to respond to that okay and then lastly students know when you really care they can sense your energy they can spot a fake i know i've said this a million times on the podcast but kids and dogs man they can sense the truth of a person so they know when you really care about them and they know when you're just checking your boxes so be really aware of that and know that they can see and feel that. All right, I graduated 30 years ago. My sister Amanda graduated 27 years ago and Erin graduated almost 25 years ago. So sit with that a moment and sit with the fact that we're still talking about those teachers who impacted us across all grade levels, all grade levels. They're the grownups we remember because they made an impression on us whether because they truly saw us or because they marched to their own drum without apology or because they inspired us and expanded our possibilities. If you would like to be the grown-up that your teens remember, I would love for you to join my Meaningful Mentor Workshop. I'll be holding it on December 17th at 7 p.m. Central Time, and you can register for it by going to the show notes at theishgirl.com forward slash EP 109. Now this is going to be a very targeted seminar about a strategy and a a way of being that, that is going to help you across the board as a teacher, but also just in your lives in general. So be looking for more information about that. Again, you can go to the show notes to get more information. I will also be sending information to those of you who have signed up to be on my weekly email list so that you can find out a little bit more about that. But again, it's next week on the 17th at 7 p.m. So I will look forward to seeing you guys there. Okay, friends. Thanks again for joining me today. I really appreciate it. And if this has been helpful in any way at all, I would love for you guys to head to iTunes and leave a rating and a review because that is the best way for other people to be able to find the podcast as well. Okay, friends. Thanks again for joining me today from an ish girl who is grateful to call my sister and my brother. Good friends. I am so grateful to be in the middle of it together.